Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Pei Aleph and Maseches Ervin. But we are behind the eight ball, the eighty ball on Pei Bez. You like the? I, I debated whether to say that. We have no time for the jokes. That's the truth. Because we're six lines down on Pei Amid Bez. Uh, the Mishnah, Mishnah on top of Pei Amid Bez, and let's see if we can make up some ground. So we were talking about a Shituf Mavos, and Mishnah says Nitmaid HaOchel. What's going on here? Well, as we said, Shituf Mavos and Erev Chateros, you're using food. To make the collect, right? To bring everybody together. Because food in Judaism is very central and so that we, it brings everybody together. What happens if Nitmayat, if some of it gets eaten and disappears? So says the Mishnah, Mosif Umezake. In other words, in order to make the Shitif work, we already discussed yesterday, you have to, let's say, the, the Mishnah said, if it's your own food, you Umezake other people with your own food. If it's other people's food that you're using to create this Eruv, so then you have to notify, Lehodia. So the question is, if food somehow disappears, right? The cat ate most of the food, and now you have to replace it, okay? So now you're replacing it with your own food. So interestingly enough, I'll say it a little bit outside first. Interestingly enough, if it's, and we'll see it in the, in the, in the Gemara, if you replace it with the same food, so that everybody agreed to that food being the Eruv. If you replaced it with different food, you might have to notify people that it's not the same food that it was. Why? Because for whatever reason, and Birmingham had great difficulty with this, people really cared about the food that was representing them in those days in the Arab. Today it's a box of matzahs, everybody's cool with it. Then, in those days, it was considered some sort of source of pride or something, especially if people were bringing their own food, it became uh, contentious. They said, Mishum Eva, you need to have people, all, all of them, comfortable with uh, the fact that each person is pulling their weight, such that if one person brought a nice, beautiful challah, another person just brought a slice of bread, right, it could create some, some tension where the person who brought the challah would say, how, how come Andrew got away with a slice of bread? People cared about what they brought for the air for whatever reason. So you can't just switch up the air without notifying people. All right, we're going to get into that. Okay, so now. So, so that's what, that's the underpinnings of this Mishnah, where if the food has now dis, uh, disappeared for whatever reason, most of them is So you add your own food, and you mezaka everyone, but ain't tarachalodia. We don't need to tell them that we added on, everyone already agreed to this Erev, and so we take that concept and we, and we, uh, assume that they would agree. It's a unilateral decision of adding on to this food. Fine. Now, nitosu alehem. But what happens, nitosu alehem is more residents, more people came for Shabbos. Of a certain amount, most of then you can add food again to the Arab, but you have to notify them if you desire to use their food. Okay, so first of all, by the way, all of this is going to be for the following Shabbos. In other words, the Shabbos, if all of this Arab became diminished on Shabbos itself, then we already have, we can't evoke the concept of the Bein HaShemashos, right? It's not like a Mechisa that fell down. This is just a consortium, and so for the Arab, this, this, for Shabbos, as long as all the Arab was attacked by Bein HaShemashos, it's going to be okay. But for the following Shabbos, you're going to be most of them Zaka. But if there's more people, you're going to have to tell them. Why are you going to have to tell them? So we're, we're going to see. We're going to see uh, what happens and what, what happens when more people are added on. Okay. So the Mishnah adds, Kamahu Shi'urun. What is the shear of food? Literally, when you're making, let's say, an air of shituf mavos, what is the food? How much food do people have to contribute if they're contributing their own food? So, bismanchein may rubin mazon shteis udos lakulam. Okay, so now we have a shear, right? These are all their abundance here. You know, there's not, you're not going to get a pasuk out of this, but the bottom line is that it, it makes sense, and they'll explain that when you have a lot of people, the shear is going to be mazon shteis udos. We'll see how much that is. Enough for two full meals, and those meals, of one person, though. It's the amount that one person would eat, two full meals, is enough for thousands of people, for all of Baltimore. But if they're not that many people, then you won't even need that much. Rather, you need to have the food equivalent to a grogeris, or the dry fig, for everyone. How much is a grogeris? So the truth of the matter is, that our Gemara on Dafpein Ervin is the source of a lot of the discussion amongst the Rishonim and Machlokis about how much a Gregaris is. It's similar to Kazais, 
but it's controversial whether it's more or less than a kazais. Our Gemara is going to give an indication that it's one way. Other Gemara is elsewhere giving indications other way. And it's just, it's a tour of all of Shas to, uh, that the Rishonim take you on to figure out how much a Gorgeris is versus a kazais relative to a kabeza. But be that as it may, Gorgeris is a small amount, like something like a kazais, give or take. And therefore, and, and therefore, if the, let's say you have only the three of us <laughs> are joining in an Erev, so if you bring a small Gorgeras each, it's going to come out to less than Mazen Shtei Sudas, but it will be enough, right? So that's basically what it's saying. We're talking about very small amounts of food here. So Amar Abiyosi, B'medvar Memorim, when do you have to worry about these measurements of the food? B'tchilas Erev. Only when you're setting up in the initial setup of the Erev. As we know, the box of matzahs in Agoda Park Heights does not get replaced every week. You, it could set you up. They, they probably do replace it once a year, I would guess. That's, that's considered like the, the, the typical um, thing to do. But they don't replace it every week. So the initial setup, that's when you're worried about that sheer food. However, right, However, when you're talking about if people are actually nibbling at this Erev throughout the weeks, then literally only a Koshu needs to uh, uh, remain in order to suffice for that Erev to be valid. Uh, it could be that this actual Hemshech of the Mishnah is, is a continuation. In other words, it says in the end of this Mishnah now that the only reason why you have to make the Erev Chateros is It's so that people won't forget, right? You have children around and they're going to eventually be adults. So when they are grown-ups, they need to know that there's such a thing as an Erev Chateros. But otherwise, they really don't even need to have an Erev Chateros. What does that mean? In other words... We already have a sheet of Mavos. So there also here, there's discussion in the Rishonim. What exactly is the Mishnah saying? The most simple way to understand this is as follows. This is a case where you already have a sheet of Mavos. And if you already have a sheet of Mavos, so then you're make, you don't really need an Erev Chatseros. So when you don't really need an Erev Chatseros, we're going to be very, very lenient. And we're going to say, as long as there's a Mashahu, right? The amount of food doesn't even matter. Because for the purposes of carrying, you don't need anything. The really, it's only, right, ceremonial in order to keep this idea alive of Erev Chatseros so that kids don't forget that this is a procedure that we do. Okay. Good. The Gemara says, Bimayaskina. The Gemara asks the following question. The Mishnah had said that if the Eruv gets diminished, it, you add food to it, ve'eno tzarech lahodia. Now the Gemara is going to bring up an interesting point, which is, what is the case? Let's see. Ilayma b'min echad. So it's going to say, min echad and shtein minim. When it means that, when it says that, it means, min echad means that you're replacing it with the same food. Shtein minim means that you're replacing it with a different food. And as we said uh, just now in the introduction over here, you have to keep in mind that people cared about what kind of food in those days was being used as the Eruv. So let's see. The Maya Skinan, Ilay of Minachar, if you say they replace it with the same food, my ear and it might. Then why would the mission the mission again, it says the, the air was diminished and you don't have to notify. Well, if it was if you're replacing it with the same food, then it doesn't even have to be diminished. It could be uh, it could be complete, uh, completely gone entirely, and you still wouldn't have to notify anybody because, after all, you're replacing it with the same exact food that everyone agreed on before. As far, so let's read it inside. My ear ain't my. Why do you have to say in the Mishnah that it was diminished? nami. Even if it was completely consumed, you would also not have to notify people if you're replacing it. After all, you are replacing it with the same food, and so that's what everyone already agreed to. So why would they need to be notified? Okay. So it can't be that in the case of min echad, Rather, what's going on here is you're replacing it with a different food than you had originally agreed to. But the problem is, that if you're replacing the Eruv with food that nobody agreed to beforehand, that even if it was only diminished, you still would have to notify people that you're changing it. Right? You can't just say, and again, the mission said that it was Nitmait, but then the afterwards, after it was Nitmait, you don't have to Lahodia. So is it, so with one food, then it, you wouldn't say Nitmait, you would say that it's even if it's completed, it completely, completely taken away and demolished completely. And with two foods, then even if only a little bit was taken away, you'd have to notify people. So what is the mission saying? First, the mission, first, the Bukhamar is going to give a proof to the idea that you have to let people know when you're replacing it as follows. Detanya, like we learned in Abraisa. If the food was completely Take, um, consumed, ain't tzarech you don't have to notify them as long as it is from one min. However, mishnei minim tzarech if the Erev was consumed and you replaced it with a different min, 
then you have to notify people. This brisa that it's quoting seems to imply that that would be true whether a lot was taken, all of it was taken, or even just a little bit was taken. You'd have to notify people if only a little bit of the air was consumed. So how is our Mishnah going to be uh, resolved as follows? The Gemara says, E-bais, you can really resolve it both ways. E-bais, you could say that you replaced it with the same bagels that you originally set up the air with. Or you could say that you replaced the bagels with matzahs. How so? Right? If you say that you replaced it with the same bagels, then it doesn't really mean nitmait that it was diminished, but rather nitmait. It was completely consumed. Okay, so that makes sense. In other words, we agreed. We said that if it was completely consumed, you could replace it So therefore, that would be consistent with our Mishnah. Or you could say that you replaced the bagels with matzah, but kala is shiny. And you could say that the brisa was ambiguous. The brisa said, right, that you don't have to notify people. But it could be that the Bryson was talking about a case where you actually only was diminished, but it was not completely consumed. Maybe our Mishnah is talking about a case where it was completely consumed. If it was completely consumed, then you would have to notify people, um, uh, right? But really, the case is that really, if it was only Nitmait, as is in our Mishnah, in other words, the Bryson says that you have to notify people if you're changing bagels to matzah. But our Mishnah says that only if it's Nitmait, you don't have to notify people. So maybe the Bryson was talking about when it was completely consumed. And our Mishnah is talking about where it was only Nitmait. Because our Mishnah, right, because the Bryson is ambiguous, but our Mishnah is specific. Our Mishnah is saying clearly that it's talking about a case where it was only diminished. And therefore, it's different than the Bryson. Because if it's only diminished, then you don't have to notify people if you're changing it from bagels to matzahs. Because after all, some of the original bagels are still there, and therefore it's okay. Okay. And that would make sense, right? Because we said if an Arab, after the initial setup, becomes diminished, then it's still okay. So you're really only being mashlim with matzahs just to keep the volume, right? Just to keep the volume up, but you really don't need to do that altogether. So therefore, it makes sense that that would be okay. All right. Two dots in the middle of the page. More residents were added. So now we're going to get into the, a little bit of the, um, of what's going on when people show up from out of town. So, right, this is very, this resonates with me because I showed up and the Baltimore already had an Eruv when I came here. So how was I included in this Eruv? So, Amar of Amar of Chista. Zotomeret, Halukin alav Haver of Rabbi Yehuda. It sounds like Rabbi Yehuda was Cholik on his colleagues. How so? Did Nan, because we learned in the Mishnah, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Bamed Varm Murm Be'eruve Tachumin, Aval Be'eruve Chatseros, Me'arvin Bein Ladas, Vein Shalolodas. Wow. Back to the, the contrast between Eruv Tachumin and Eruv Chatseros. So we had said before, right, that Eruv Chatseros, we said, can be made with or without Das. Right, so that seems to be against our mission. Our mission is telling us that you need consent of people as they come into town. But we don't hold like this, right? We, we, we hold that you don't need consent of new residents. Nobody called me when I moved to Baltimore to ask if I consent to the, to the Eruv. However, according to Rabbi Huda, it sounds like they would have to, right? Because that's what he says in our Mishnah. So the Gemara asks, Pshita de Chalukin. Yeah, of course. Rabbi Huda says that you need consent of new people. And so therefore, what was the statement of Rabbi Shizvi? He's not, Rabbi Shizvi is like Captain Obvious over here. He's pointing out that Rabbi Huda argues with, with our Mishnah. Yeah, of course. The, our Mishnah says that you, our usual halacha is that you don't have to consent. And Rabbi Huda holds that you do have to consent to the Arabs. So obviously they're being collects. So the man says, no. Maudetema, you might have thought, this is why Rabbi Shizvi is actually saying a Kiddush. Because you might have thought, you might have thought that the ruling of our Mishnah is when you have a chatzer in between two streets. So the halacha is that really you're only allowed to make a shita of mavos in such a situation with one of the two streets. And therefore, we don't know which one of the two streets are included in this shita of mavos. So you would say that in that case, aim alone, that you might think that in that case, you don't need consent. Right? Maybe, uh, maybe the Mishnah would agree that if, that you don't need, uh, consent in that kind of scenario. Kamash Malan, so Shizvi therefore have to tell us, right, that our Mishnah is talking about a case where even though the chatzar only has one mavoi, even then you still need consent. And that's the chedish of Shizvi. Okay, 16, 2.16 lined up from the bottom. Kamaushi uro. Okay, so this is, this is, this is the Mara becomes the source of a lot of the Shi'urim discussions in the Rishonim all over Shas. Kamahum Merubin. So first it starts with the following math. How many people are added on? Amr Yehudah Meshmur, Shemunasar, Ibn Adam. 18 people. Where do you get 18? 18 is very symbolic, but what does it mean? So Shemunasar, Vizu, Lao, said, asked the Gemara. 
Only 18? Like, if you have 19 people, that's not a lot of people. So the Gemara answered, don't be wise, but Eimah Mishmanah Shev Eilach. No, it means 18 is where it becomes a lot of people. Anything more than 18, so 18 or more, is a lot of people. Okay. So what's the reason that he just said the number Shmones, right? Where did he come from? So, This Mishnah was explained to me by my father. Wow, Rabbi Yehuda. As follows. Right? So you just do the math. We know that up until the volume that would be for one human being, up until that point, that each individual only has to bring be represented by one Gorgaris. Okay? So, therefore, just do the math backwards. That if you were to divide the number of the shtei sudos beinam into the number of people that are included in the eruv, the ein magas kogaris called echad beechad, and the if you were to do so, so let's say you have a hundred people in this eruv, then you have the shtei mazon shtei sudos, and you divide it up. So, so clearly, if you divided up the shtei sudos amongst hundred people, each shear would be less than a gorgaris, right? So the question is, what's the Smallest number of people where once you divide it up, it becomes a grogaris for each person. So that's 18 people, right? So any, so anything more than that, then the shear for each individual would be less than a grogaris. So it's simple math. 18 people comes out that there's 18 grogaris in Mazon Shtei Sudos. There's Machlokas, how much is Mazon Shtei Sudos? Don't be, don't, um, don't worry. There's Machlokas whether it's that six kvetsim or it's eight kvetsim, and therefore it's based off of this math of Mazon Shtei Sudos. Representing 18 Gorgaris, it's based off of that math that we get into the whole discussion of Shiurim. And, the, and um, Ari Leibowitz, the great Yomi master, quoted the note of Yehuda that in order to resolve contradictions in the Rambam between whether a Kazais or Gorgaris is more or less, it's talking about a one, one Kabeza is with the Kalipa, with the peel, one is without the peel. It gets involved because some of the uh, sources seem to contradict and you have to sort it out. Anyway, be that as it may, 18 people is the amount that if you, each person to represent one Gorgaris in Mazon Shtei Sudas. That's the point. So that's what the Mukamar is saying here. We'll read it inside now. And each portion won't reach the size of a gorgaris. That's called a lot of people. Once you get past that number of people, then Muslim Shtei Sudos would cover everyone, as we do here in Baltimore. Muslim Shtei Sudos for the entire community. And if you don't have that many people, meaning less than 18, then that's considered less. So Agav Urche means that just by learning that the, what's considered to be a lot of people is 18, from there we learn that Muslim Shtei Sudos equals 18 Grogros. Go ahead and do the math, and you'll figure out how much a grogos is, how much a kabetz, how much a kazais. Have a good time. We usually, right, the, the thing that we most commonly recall is that two kazaisim is a kabetz, right? That's like, that's the most elementary uh, um, sort of piece of knowledge with the shurim. That in itself is not held um, universally by everyone, but we, we resume on the Mishnah, on the bottom, five lines up from Pei Amun Beis. Okay, the Mishnah says, what kind of foods can you use for this Erev or Shitif? As follows, says the Mishnah, Bechol, Me'arvin, and Mishtafin, you can use any kind of food. For an Erev, chutz min hamayim min But you can't use water and salt. Does this sound familiar to anybody? We had the same exact Mishnah in Dav Chavav, except for that there we were talking about Erev Tchumen. There we were talking about Erev Tchumen. In order, the kind of Erev that we have to use, the kind of food we have to use to set up an Erev Tchumen. Okay, to, but there we had no machlokas about that. Everybody agreed that you could use any food for Erev Tchumen. But here we have a machlokas. That's why it's not even the same Mishnah at all. Even though it uses the same exact words, it's talking about a different kind of Erev, right? Here we're talking about Erev Chateros and Shitut Mavos. So for that, you need, there's a machlokas whether you need more food. Again, why, what would be the reason? Because in those days, right, people cared. So anytime you had a group of people putting in, so everybody's looking at their neighbor, seeing what they're contributing to the Erev. When you're doing an Erev Tchumen, that's a personal decision. Do whatever you want. That's your own private matter. We'll see. So anyway, different Rebbe Leizer. Leizer holds you can use any kind of food except for my mouth. That's not even food. That's like minerals. Rebbe Yeshua Omer Kikar Hu Eruv. That a whole loaf of bread is valid as an Eruv. Afilu Mafes Saw. Vehu Prusa Ein Ma'arvinba. Rebbe Yeshua cautions: Do not use sliced bread. You have to use one whole bread as shalim. Right? Even if you did Mafes Saw, you you brought the whole bakery down and and you went to Goldberg's and you made the world's biggest bagel the size of a building. But it's not 
kahol, it's just, it's a slice. That's not good. That would not be good for an erev. Kikar kiisar. It has to be a shalem, right? But if you have a kikar, a whole loaf, and it's even the size of a little coin, hu shalem me'arvin bo. That would be good. So, right, he's bringing from the point that he wants this to be a shalem. As we arrive with shlemus at the time of 5.57 a.m. at Dafpei, Aleph, Amar Aleph, and the Gemara. As follows. Tanina Chadazim, we learned this once before, says the Gemara. Aha, but we already know. We're smart, we're smart enough to remember that. When we say, Right? We already learned this. Why is the mission repeating the same halacha? Says the Gemara. Amarabah. La'pukim idrabi Yeshua. Yeah. In, in, when we talk, talked about Erev Tchumen, we didn't have anybody arguing about that. Everybody agreed that you could use any food for Erev Tchumen. But here we have to repeat it to show that Rabbi Yeshua holds that the Erev um, Chatzeros needs, requires dafka bread. The Amar kicker in midach rinalo. Right? So we are just repeated it in order to contrast with the sheet of Rabbi Yeshua that says that you must use bread. But midach rinalo, you can't use any other kind of food. Kamash malan bakal. And that, our, our mission therefore informs us that according to the Tanakama here, which is Rabbi Liezer, the Erev Tchumen and the Erev Chatzeros would have the same halacha, which is that you could use any food. So now, Eishvei Abaye. Abaye says, Right? So, the Brisa says that you can use Erev Chatzeros, anything for Erev Chatzeros and Shitufim Avos. This sounds like Rabbi Yezer. Okay? And they said that you, you don't need to be ma'ariv with bread, you only need to, to be ma'ariv with bread with, with, uh, in a Chatzer. Rashi explains, what do you mean in a Chatzer? In, as opposed to in Shitufei Mavos. This is what Rashi is saying. But be that as it may, the Brisa is very, is very confusing. The Brisa starts off saying you can use an Erev for anything, and then it says, you can use anything for an Erev, and then it says, yeah, but for a, but when we say that you only need to use bread, we're talking about a Chatzar. So, so which is it? Can you use anything, or do you need to use bread? The Brisa seems to be reflecting both of the positions of our mission. So what's going on? So Abayah says, is going to explain exactly what his problem is based off of this Brisa as follows. Man lay the Amar, pas in midechrin who said that you have to use pot? Rabbi Yeshua. So that's Rabbi Yeshua in our Mishnah. Bektani bakol. Yeah, but the beginning of the Brisa says bakol. You can use anything. So, so, so the Brisa is confusing to us, and that's a problem. So what are we going to say? So the Gemara is going to say, no, this is how our Mishnah is, it reads. Our Mishnah is repeating the ruling of the Erev Tzomim to, right, to say, to contrast with Rabbi Yeshua. The Amar Shlema in Prusa Lo. Okay, so the way you come out with this is one answer is as follows. There be sure that really, according to Rabbi Yeshua, the Bryce the and the Mishnah is going to say the following, that really you need to use bread for Erev Chatzeros. And the uh, Hava Mina is that you can't use a Prusa, that you can't use a loaf of bread that's sliced, and therefore when it says Bakol, it doesn't mean you can use any food. Rather, it means that Rabbi Yeshua would, needs, requires you to use a Shalim for bread, but the Mishnah is teaching you that you need to use bread, yes, but it doesn't have to be Shalim, it can't even be sliced bread. A little bit confusing, but that's what it means. Now, the Gemara then asks, person my time alone, why wouldn't you be allowed to use sliced bread? What's the difference between sliced bread and whole bread? Amar Yosef Benchol, Amar Rebbe, Mishum Eva, this is what we said before, that if people are going to come, can you imagine if we're all, if we're all uh, contributing to the bread and Chaim Shachter walks in and with a beautiful challah and he realizes that, that we contributed sliced bread? And this is the best joke I've, I've ever said in Daf, so guys, get ready. It, to use sliced bread is pasnished. <laughs> all right. Amalei Rebacha Berei, the Rebbe if all the residents contributed um, just sliced bread, mahu. That's an interesting question, right? Let's say Chaim's on board. Everybody agrees. We have a shul meeting, and we say, you know what? We're not going to require everyone to bring whole bread. Everybody can bring slices. So now you don't have the problem of Eva, right? You don't have these, you know, these arms race like you have with Shalchmanus and with Pesach programs, where everybody has to have the best one. Just every, we, we're going to take that right with Takanas. We're going to say everyone's going to bring sliced bread. It's fine. We're down to earth, Baltimore people. So Amalei Ravashi replied to Ravacha, Shema Yachov yeah, you could try, and theoretically that would work for like this first few years, but then things are going to get out of hand, and people move in, and, and everyone's going to try to outdo each other, and it's going to cause contention. Anyway, isn't that interesting that there used to be contention about even what they used as the heir of, okay, amazing. 15 lines down. Okay, let's say a piece of the, of the loaf of bread was removed. 
Okay, uchadei dimua. What's going on here? Oh, so what's going on here is as follows. Everybody shows up with their whole bread, let's say in this case, to contribute to the Erev. And, and then Andrew says, oh, wait a minute, I forgot to be mafresh challah. Right? Or dimua is, inter, is when truma is intermixed in it, the dimua is basically you have to take off one one hundredth. The challah, it's a, like a machokis. Uh, in some cases, you have to take off one twenty fourth. In some cases, you have to take off one forty eighth, depending on whether it's like industrial or, or commercial or residential kind of challah that you're making, as we will see in the Gemara. The point is, it's a small portion, but what happens when you talk about the small per- portion is that you no longer have a shalim. That's the issue. So the question is, what's the priority? As you're showing up, would you rather have a loaf of bread that wasn't mafresh challah and keep it whole, or are we going to say, fine, just be mafresh challah and we'll have your slightly deficient bread in here? So the answer is, we'd ra- we don't want it to be, you, you, can't, you have to be mafresh challah. Because the air has to be edible, has to be consumable. So we're going to say, right, right, so you can, in fact, right, this is what Rashi is explaining, uh, right, that you can, in fact, we're going to ask you to be mafresh challah, or to take off the, the, the demise, so as it were, the dimuah, in order to bring the challah, right? So even though that the challah is not going to be shalim, that's going to be the tikkun. I have a great story with Shalom Zaman here, but I cannot, uh, I don't have really enough time for it, but just see chalasa over here, Rashi says it beautifully, eno chisaron shezehu tikuna. It was a beautiful story, basically, where you, where something seemed like it would be a chisaron, right? But sometimes, if you're doing the right thing for the right reasons, like being mafresh chala, fine, I'll tell the story real quick. The woman, the girl was cut on her face, and she went to Shlomo Zalman to ask if she could, actually went to Rabbi David to ask if she could be uh, healed and sutured on Shabbos. That's fair. We said this story when we were talking about Shabbos. And, the, and Rabbi David got a second opinion, said it might get infected, therefore you can suture it on, on Shabbos, otherwise it would be disfiguring. Uh, but that's but that's not why you made the psak. You can only get the psak if there was pikach nefesh. Disfiguring is not a reason to suture on Shabbos. But when the question was brought to Rav Shlomo Zalman after Shabbos, he said, no, right? This is going to be the most beautiful thing about this girl, that she didn't suture up the wound, assuming it was you know not dangerous, for the purpose of Shabbos. So sometimes that which you're scared is going to be the thing that's going to make it the worst is in fact the thing that's the, that makes it good. So in this case, it's a perfect analogy because you think it's a deficiency in the bread, but it's not a deficiency in the bread. It's challah being taken off, making it edible. So chisrona, that little piece of bread that's missing, zui tikuna, is actually what's making it good. And therefore, nobody would um, begrudge Andrew's not complete bread and we could include it in the era of... Okay, but the Gemara Asmatanya, kedei dimua, but we already learned in the Brisa that when you, when you mix in the truma, me'arvin loba, you can make an Arab with it, kedei chalasa ain't me'arvin loba. But if we have to take off challah, which we said was more, uh, a larger fraction, of, then that would be too much to take off, and you can't be married with it. So the Gemara said, Lokash, Habachal, Snachtom, Habachal, Spalabai. This is what we mentioned before. Challah Snachtom is commercial challah. Challah Snachtom is, is, the, is the kind of challah where it's okay because you only have to take off 148th. Challah Spalabai is homemade challah. It's not okay because you're taking off a whole 24, 24th of it. That's already too much to take off. But we don't have to worry with Andrew, and we know Andrew buys, has a store bought challah, and therefore that, that's terrible. You know, we never say that about Lainish. I'm sure she bakes every week. It's none. We learned in the Mishnah, Shir Chala Echad Me'esrim Ve'arba. As we said in the Mishnah, this is, where is this Mishnah? You want to guess? Masechus Chala. Shir Chala Echad Me'esrim Ve'arba. The Shir that you have to take off a Chala is 124th. Ha'osa Isa Latmo. That's if you're making it at home. But Isa the Mishnah, no. Echad Me'esrim Ve'arba. Whether you're making home-baked Chala for your son's wedding or for yourself, it's one in 24th. However, Nachtom Shu Osalim Korbishuk. But if you're a baker and you're making tons of challah all the time, or similarly, so again, the determining factor is not who's making it, how they're making it, but basically whether you're making it commercially or for personal use. If you're making it commercially, then it's See that Mishnah in challah, Perak Bey is Mishnah Zayin, and we go on. Now, Dimu, of course, is not even going to be a shayla because that's one in a hundred. His point lines up on pay Alf Amad Alf. Amar Chistat Bikisam. I was once at Rabbi um, Rafal Willig Shlita's house, and his wife made a beautiful challah. He's making a mozi, and the thing splits in half. Okay, and so he put it back together beautifully. You couldn't even tell that it had fractured, and he put it together with toothpicks. And he said the Mishnah Brewer says if you put it together with toothpicks and it looks whole and you can't tell, then it actually works. I thought he was kidding, but no, here it is in black on white. Tfar b'kisam, you sutured it, so to speak. 
with a toothpick or a splinter, and you put it together, Arvin Loba, it's still considered a shalem. So yeah, it's true. So the Mishnah Bura, I saw the article quotes. Okay, but Hatanya in Arvin. So would this also apply to Shlemas for Lecha Mishnah on Shabbos? Presumably, it's the same Alecha. It keeps it whole. I have Hatanya in Arvin Loba. We said you can't make an error with that. So Lokash Hadi. The idea the tifra, hadeloy the tifra. The idea tifra means that the suture is noticeable. Hadeloy the tifra. But if you made, as Rafael Willing did, a beautiful suturing job with toothpicks and your chalas, that nobody, so that when said wife, when Rabbit and Vivian comes in, she can't tell that anything happened at all. So then it would work. So it all depends there on the optics, right? If you see that it looks whole, then it would work. Okay. Can you use rice bread or millet bread for an eruv? So Amar Ukva It was explained to me different by Shmuel. Uh, I had heard from Shmuel that yeah, rice bread is okay, but you can't use the millet bread. We can even use lentil bread. So Gemara asks, is that true? That the type of lentil bread that was made in the years of Shmuel was nasty, really gross. How gross? They would throw it to the dogs, and the dog would be like, "Are you kidding? I'm not eating this." Wow. Okay. So eat the shara minim habya. Okay. The Gemara answers now. That particular loaf that even dogs wouldn't eat, that was not just millet bread. That was like the like gefilte fish of chalas. It was filled with all kinds of other ingredients. Like we say in the Pesachim, So each one of these things, maybe lentils and wheat and barley in and of themselves, would qualify as an air. But you mix it with the beans and the millet and all the other stuff, it was so gross that it was unedible. If Papa Amar, and this, these were bad times, Right? So, Papa Amar Hahitzliyah Betzos Adam Havai. And not only that, but what do they use as fuel to sort of bake this bread? Human feces. This is, this is really gross bread. How do we know that's a possible for that? Right? This mixture of baking with human feces in front of their eyes, it's, it's really not, not delicious. So then, wait a minute. Why does the Pasuk say that it's a barley cake? That, that sounds like it only had one ingredient. So, the Gemara says one of two possibilities. One possibility is that you read Sa'orim. You read it differently. You read it with the word she, like the word shiurim. It's like a creative type thing. And shiurim just means it's so nasty. It's not that it's just made out of barley. It's made out of all these other ingredients and cooked up on feces, but it's so nasty that you can only eat it in shiurim. It's made for real poor people to eat in small, small pieces. Or Rav Papa Amar Arivasa Karivas Arim. Its shape was like, it's not that it was made exclusively of barley, but it's shaped like the ugly barley chalas, and not like the beautiful wheat chalas. So that's a diet for anyone going on a diet. Uh, take your food and make it disgusting for you, uh, perhaps roast it over human feces, and then you'll only want to eat a little bit, enough to sustain you, and so if you eat only things that you don't like to eat and are disgusting to you, you will lose weight uh, uh, quickly. The, the, um, the, the idea in Yechezkel was not weight loss, but simply preservation, so that each person would only eat a very small amount because it was bad times. Okay, Mishnah the Banafei Aleph Amadalaf. What time is it? Oh, 6, 11 a.m. We're making progress. What's going on here? So, this is interesting. We talked about being bizarre people in the era, right? So here, let's say a person, now there's like a little bit of like, um, a little bit of, of Nazik in here. Um, so amazingly, right, you want to give money for the Arab. You want to participate. So some people participate with food, some people participate with money. So what if a person gave a chenvani and an achtum? You go to the local bakery and you say, you know what, here's some money. Kadeshi is zakilo Arab. And you can uh, you just include me in the Arab. Like get your, you go to Goldberg's, and you give them some money, you say, yeah, when they bring in the bagels for the Erev, I want you to be included. Diver Rebeliezer. So Rebeliezer, so that's fine. That's a good way to be Mishnatif. Like Mishnatif Bebruta, so to speak. Not really, but you're paying money instead of giving bread. Fine. That the money doesn't acquire the Erev for him. In other words, you have to bring in a bagel, not an Erev. Just pay attention to what's going on here. Amazingly, Chachamim are saying that if you bring money for the Erev food, it makes it worse for acquiring the Erev for you than getting it for free. It comes down to what, in fact, is Konek. What is, right, because in order to be participate in the Erev, there has to be a Kenyan here, right? They're trying to be, confer this Kenyan on you to include you in the Erev. So the problem is, if you actually pay Goldberg's bagels, you're going to 
actually get yourself out of the air. Because why? Because Goldberg, hey, Dan Goldberg is in the business of selling these bagels. So he never gives it for free. If you just said, hey, can you, can I be Mishnatev in the Erev? Then he can include you in the Erev for free. But if you actually paid for it, you literally paid out. <laughs> you, you opted out of the Erev by extracting whatever it is that you paid for from the Erev. That's amazing. That's what the Rashi, the last Rashi payoff on Aleph is explaining. She'ain ma'os konos ad right? Because how does a Kenyan work? We're about to get into this. How does a Kenyan work? A Kenyan works like this. I give you money and I take the object. Yeah, but at what point do we make the Kenyan? Right? This is a, now it feels like Baba Kama, right? Or Baba At what point am I making the Kenyan? Am I making the Kenyan at the time that I gave you the money or at the time that I took the item? At what point is that Kenyan, um, chal, as the word, as they say? So it says, this is actually amazing. Even if everyone else, this one guy, Goldberg's Bagels, they're, I forgot his name. What's his name? The guy who owned it. Yeah, even if Yaakov, um, if he was being mazaka, everyone else for free. Vizika Gamlazet and Andrew, and he was mazaka. Andrew, ain't no error. It's not gonna work if Andrew wants to pay. Andrew's always he's that guy. He wants to pay his way. He's like I don't want it for free. But the problem is, Yaakov, once Andrew pays, so kasher mazaka be error. Eliknos hamal, right? So what happened here? Andrew gave Yaakov money, but he didn't take any bagels. So the most ain't no konos. Lo samcha daited the high, velo havi daited la knuye. Even into the arvo b'maosav shalomi daito. Wow. So, the, the, so by Andrew paying his way, he actually ruined the das. It all has to do with the das. So let's see. Let's turn to pay Aleph on the days and see what's going on here. Adam. So this only has to do if you're doing with Yaakov from Goldberg's bagels. That's the only way it's going to ruin it. But in all other people who are not bagel merchants, okay, if Andrew gave the money, Shazaku Lamoza, that would be enough. You could be Mishtatef with your money. Right? You make an error for a person with their consent. Right? So it's assumed that you have consent. The first Rashi and pay Aleph on the days. Okay, so it's important to note. But really what's the essential issue here is what is the, so let's say Yaakov from Goldberg's Bagels is the dude that's making the error for the whole community. Okay, so it's just a question of what his mindset is. Does he include Andrew or does he not? So if Andrew pays him, so Yaakov, he sells these things for a living. So he like literally would exclude him. Okay, but if it was Dan and Dan's the one that's making the error and Yaakov gives him money and, and, and Andrew gives him money in order to be Mishatev. So Dan knows that he's just sending him as a shliach to make the error. Dan doesn't sell bagels, right? So he's, he doesn't see this money as, as being in lieu of giving him back his bagels, right? He just sees this money as making him a shliach to make the error for him. So he'll take it like as tzedakah money or as a payment for his shlichas. So isn't that interesting? The mindset of the person making the error is what determines whether Andrew's going to be in or out. So if the person making the error sells bagels for a living, then he sees it as a a transaction as a purchase and 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 if the person doing it is just putting the air together because he's like a right a person who's who's helped helps out in the shul so then of course it would be valid okay so but if we were talking then it doesn't matter what the das of the person is this goes back to what we said before that when it comes to Erev chatseros everybody wants an air of the community and therefore the das is always going to assume that andrew wants to be included in the Erev. of course he does Erev as we had said that that's already very subjective, right? Because one person may want to go uh, east while the other person wants to go west. Let's see the Gemara on Pei Aleph at the Sabbath time of 6.17 a.m. Time, my time is Rebbe Liezer. What's the uh, reasoning of Rebbe Liezer that holds that you can, in fact, acquire your share in the air with a payment? It follows. Hello, Mashach. Is the reason is because he didn't, right, so Mishicha, he didn't take the bagel into his own possession. Amar of Nachman, Amar of Bar Abau, Asar Rebbe Liezer, Karabah, Prokim, Bishana. Rebbe Nachman is echoing a Mishnah a Mishnah that has, uh, in Chulin, that talks about four times a year. What are the four times a year? They are the four times a year where butchers are the busiest. When are butchers busiest? You gotta ask, you gotta ask, um, well, you can ask Wasserman, you can ask Lumberger, you can ask Monizada. When is the butcher busiest? I'll tell you. It says in that Mishnah in Chulin that Shemini basically Pesach Shavuos and Sokes, except for Sokes, for some reason, it points out Simchas Torah, that's when people pig out even more. Ere Pesach, Ere Shavuos, and also Ere Rosh Hashanah. 
That is when the butchers are the busiest, they're all making food. So it's not. That mission Khulun says the following. Barbara Park and on those four dates, at the Tabak Oh. So in that case, we're going to make the butcher, you just keep, keep shechting, keep shechting, because even if Andrew shows up and you don't think you're going to have more customers, and Andrew, he's only ordering a half a pound, but you're going to kill a whole cow for a half a pound? Yes, you are. Even a thousand dinar short, and Andrew shows up with one misli dinar, we're going to make you shechted. Wow, we make the butcher shecht, and it's already shechting, uh, it's already considered shechted. It's only on those four days. So again, we see this concept that the mindset of the person who is either selling the bagels or the butcher, the mindset depends on the Kenyan. So this is already something that requires and deserves great uh, analysis. But the point is that if the animal died, it's considered like Andrew's animal already. That's how much we are um, conferring every animal to the customer on those four special high-volume days. So the Gemara asks, wait a minute, wait a minute, if it dies, it's considered Andrew's? Hello, Mashach. Andrew just showed up in the store with a satchel of money. Like, he didn't do any mashikha, he didn't make any kinyan. Why is the animal his? So the more answer is, No, it's a case where Andrew, he did, in fact, pull the bull by the ear, and therefore that's why it's his. So the more answer is, Yeah, but the hamshach of the mission is that that's the way it is on those specific days, that it's Andrew's. But the rest of the year, so if it dies, it's, it, it belongs to the butcher. But why? Amai, hamashach. If you're telling me that the case is where Andrew already did Mashiach, so why would it belong to the butcher the rest of the year? So, Amar, Shemobah, Yitzchak, Le'olam, Mishalom, Mashiach. No, Andrew never touched the animal yet. No, but, it, but what's happening is a unique case. The butcher was Mizakim through a third-party shliach. Okay, well, that's similar to what happens with an Arab, by the way, right? We're, we're Mizakir, Rabbi Heinem Shlita, to be Mizakir for us. So, So, on those four special days, Zakin Lo, Shiloh Bifanov. Then, we're going to be Mizakir for him, even if he's not around, because we assume we know Andrew's going to come in to buy his Yantiv meat. However, the rest of the days, it's a Chov for Andrew to buy meat. Why? Because on Yantiv, it's a Zikhoi, it's very interesting. The same, right? It depends on everything is in context. On Yantiv, it's a big Chov to buy the meat, because it's owning Yantiv. During the week, it's not a Chov to buy the meat, because it's expensive. It's just a waste of money. Therefore, ain't chavin lo So that's the difference between shari moschama, shari moschana, and um, and yontiv. That on yontiv, it's a schos to have this meat, even though it's going to cost you. And the rest of the year, it's a chova because it's expensive, unnecessarily. You should save that money for yontiv. Okay. Ravila Amar Biyochan and Abba Brachim Eli Emidu Chachamim Dibrein Al Dibrei Torah. He says they reestablished halacha on the basis of what halacha is deraisa because deraisa, mind you, the money should be konen. That's the point. That's a gezeras chazal. It's a takaras chazal that malos ain't konos. Right. Typically, I give Andrew money at that moment. Mid deraisa, I acquire. Chachamim said, no, I don't want to be able to do that, because if I did that, then, then that disincentivizes, again, in this case, Andrew's the one selling, right? So I could give him money, and then Andrew said, oh, I'm sorry, your car was, went up in flames, the car that you bought from me. It went up in flames, and now Andrew, it doesn't have to, right, he keeps the money. So that's, that's why the Chazam made the Takana, that the Kenyan isn't Chal until I am Moshe, as follows. As soon as I give Andrew the money, because he's a car salesman, it, the car is mine. Why do we say that I have to get the car first in order for it to be considered mine? Maybe Andrew will tell me, which, which literally means that your wheat was uh, burnt off in the attic, but it really means your car was destroyed. I don't know where it is, and therefore he gets to hold on to it. Two dots mid-page. Here we go. That what? The most konos. Ask the Gemara. Man adam. Who is these? All these other people. I'm a Rav Balabais. It's talking about a regular Balabas. The Chedam Shmuel Balabais. The Amar Shmuel Lo Shanuel Anachtom. Oh, again, back to Yaakov from Goldberg's. That if he's a if he's a baker, so then you can't donate bread for someone who paid him. A Balabais Kona. But if it's just a regular res, uh, citizen, then it would be Kona. But Amar Shmuel Lo Shanuel Ma'a. Right? They only taught that a Ma or another type of money, right? Money uh, monetary payment can't acquire the Arab. A Balkli Kona. But wow, even by a store owner, owner is the Hiddish. That if what you did was give um, Yaakov from Goldberg's a utensil, that would be Kona. It's only money that's a problem. 
right? Rashi is explaining that, that again, if a person says, Zocheli, right, be to me, so then obviously you're asking him to confirm ownership in some way. But Arevli just means whatever you need to do, include me in the Erev. That's not like a monetary transactional directive. That's just saying, include me in the Erev, whatever it takes. So then if you tell Yaakov and Goldberg that, he'll get the message. And Shilya Shavi Vakani. So again, as we said before, um, the message is really dependent, and whether Andrew's going to be included in the Erev is going to be dependent on Yaakov from Goldberg's mindset when Andrew approaches him. So if he gives him money and Yaakov thinks this is some sort of monetary transaction, he wants bagels, so then it's not going to be good. Andrew won't be included in the Erev. But if whatever Andrew tells him, he's explicit that what he really wants ultimately is to be included in the Erev, that will create a mindset with Yaakov that he realizes that that's Andrew's intention, and therefore his mindset will be to include him in the Erev, and it will work. So we'll resume tomorrow, 15 lines up on the bottom, on pay Alatom and Bez. Okay.